Hello, everybody. We are talking about the six worst composition and thumbnail mistakes. If you would like to grow as an artist and you can't afford an art class, we've got everything you need here at ArtProf, critiques, tutorials, and professional development. Let's give you the overview of the six mistakes and I'll provide examples and do short demos for how to avoid these mistakes. Mistake number one is spending too long on a thumbnail. Mistake number two is not drawing a literal rectangle. Number three, not making a ton of thumbnails. Four, not adjusting the cropping. Number five is skipping value and color sketches. Number six, thumbnails look too similar. Let's go through and give all of you some examples. While I'm doing that, tell me in the chat who here does thumbnail sketches, who here doesn't, it's fine. <laughs> you can confess. How many of you here are doing thumbnails, but you're struggling? All right. Mistake number one, spending too long on the thumbnail. I've got some examples to show you. Your thumbnail shouldn't start big. This is a very small thumbnail. Here's another one about the same size. A thumbnail like this, I don't think it would take me more than 10 minutes, if that. This one I probably did in five minutes or so. That's what you're aiming for. A thumbnail that gets the point across, which is where are things located? Is the drapery at the top? Do you put it at the bottom? These are pretty crappy drawings, but that's the purpose of thumbnails is that you can pump them out really fast because you're not spending a long time on them. This is what you don't want to do. <laughs> if you have the thumbnail, you're calling it a thumbnail <laughs> like this, this is not a thumbnail, okay? This is a very big thumbnail, if you want to call it that. And a thumbnail like this is not going to take you 10 minutes. could take you half an hour or so. And it's so big that it's actually difficult to really see the basic shapes because you get distracted by the details. And if I go in here and I start adding even more <laughs> details, like I'll say, okay, well, I didn't finish the hair. Let me spend more time on that. This is not the mindset of a thumbnail because right now I'm trying to make the hair look really volumetric. I'm trying to fill in some of the colors. What I'm doing right now has nothing to do with composition. It's not really a thumbnail because thumbnails are thinking drawings. The drawings where you're working out different decisions. And if I go in here and I start adding some of those drapes that I talked about earlier, I mean, sure, this is placement, but because the thumbnail is so big, it's really hard for me to see those basic 
compositional images. Here I'm rendering. I'm making accents. I'm thinking about value, individual hairs. This is not it. <laughs> if you're spending this much time on your thumbnail, maybe you could finish two in one sitting. This page here, I've got four thumbnails. One, two, three, four. This entire page probably took me 20 minutes. It's a much bigger bang for your buck because here I've explored four compositions. Here I've only explored one. And that's what thumbnails are about. They're about exploration of your options. The way I describe it, this is a buffet, okay? You have four different dishes, chicken, jello, duck egg, <laughs> sesame balls. Can you tell I went to Japan recently? I got four dishes. I mean, why would you want to go to a buffet, which only gives you one option? That's a bummer. Nobody wants to go to a buffet like that. That's what you're trying to do here is give yourself many options to explore. Or I know some people will do drawing like this and they'll say, well, I did explore composition. I thought about where she is and where the pink is, but this is too much time. I know a lot of people worry about their time. Time is very precious. For a lot of artists, people have life and full-time jobs. You're spending this long on a thumbnail. If I had done that, I think I probably would have spent four times the amount of time I spent on thumbnails, and that was already a lot. And so just because you're thinking about the composition, doesn't mean your thumbnail is effective. Or sometimes I see people do this, where they'll say, oh, this is a thumbnail. Okay, let's put a border around it. And that's better. I mean, I'd rather have a thumbnail that does show the edges of the composition that's better, but you're just drawing a rectangle over a drawing. You were not conceiving of placement and thumbnail. You weren't thinking about composition. When I did this drawing, <clears throat> I just drew a face. I wasn't thinking about composition at all, okay? So me drawing this line, it, it's more that I'm imposing the shape of a thumbnail. I'm not really thinking about composition because that's what you're doing. You're thinking. Thumbnails are 100% thinking, and they have nothing to do with making good drawings. Look at this. This thumbnail's a nightmare. <laughs> I don't know what I was doing, but I was thinking. You can see I was saying to myself, okay, I want the glasses here. I want this shoulder. I want a back view. I mean, yes, this looks like crap, but it tells me all I need which is, okay, she's in the lower left-hand corner, you see her wings, and it's a back view. That is way more important than doing a beautifully, I mean, it's not beautifully rendered, but you know, <laughs> it's something that I spent a lot of time on. 
Barbara says, mentally, it's hard for me to squeeze what I'm seeing into smaller spaces. It feels easier to see when I draw bigger, not justifying this, just saying. I mean, it depends on people's situations. Some people drawing a tiny one might be a little bit too much, but I think this is totally reasonable. Four inches by six inches. It's just when I see people doing stuff like that, like this is really big. This, this would take time to figure out. And really, you don't need detail. You don't need, need something to be drawn well in order to understand where it is in the composition. Like here, I have this red text. I mean, it's smush. It, it doesn't look like anything. But I know, okay, the L is here. It has a tilt going upwards. And so I think oftentimes we think we need that detail so we understand things, but you don't. It's like in your head, you understand it. Maybe you show this to somebody else and they wouldn't, but it doesn't matter. Thumbnails are for you. They're not for anybody else. Scarf and T says, relate to this to the beautification of sketchbooks Prof Lu has touched on, feeling like everything needs to be a perfect art, including sketches and thumbnails. Oh no. <laughs> if that were true, I would be the worst artist on the planet. Do you guys want to see what a wreck my sketchbook is? I mean, I don't even do my sketchbook in a specific order. I just pick a random page and I just start drawing on it. And honestly, I think a good 70% of my sketchbook is writing. I think it's more writing than it is sketches, but it's full of silly things like this. Actually, this is my kids. <laughs> she drew that when she was like 10 years old. I mean, how many of these pages have you seen so far since I started flipping through that look perfect? None, not even close. I mean, look at this crap. What is this? I don't even know what it is for real. Is that, I really don't know what that is. All I know is it was drawn from life. <laughs> so anybody here who thinks they have to have a beautiful sketchbook. Oh, these are blind contours that my niece did. <laughs> I taught her how to do blind contours. No, you don't want it to be perfect. Well, this is a good point from Magda. I think I have the opposite issue of folks here have a ton of thumbnails, but get indecisive about which one to use. What I often do, process of elimination, because I think people will look at thumbnails and they'll say, okay, which one's the best? You can do that. But what actually works better for me is to say, okay, out of these four, which is the one I really don't like? All right, th this one first. I, I definitely don't want that one. And you say from these three, which is the one that's more problematic? Which is the one that isn't gonna work so great? So I'm gonna say this one because oh, what's happening? And then I've got these two. And you say, which one is worse? Not which one is better, <laughs> which one is worse? And it's funny because this thumbnail, I spent way more time on. It's so much more developed than this one, but I think this one's too busy. Too many things going on. So I'm gonna say no to this one. And so that basically says, all right, it's that one. Try that because I do find that is a lot easier than trying to say, oh, which is the best? 
Clementine says, usually get impatient, skip thumbnails, and then go back and do it when the composition turns out crap. Yes, I, I know what that feels like. <laughs> I've dug myself into many difficult holes. But you know something? I get that. This takes time. I think I spent two weeks doing thumbnail sketches. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, this is from the commission that I did for Moulin Rouge. And you can see on the left-hand side, that's a thumbnail too, but it's a little bit bigger. It's in color. And a lot of it is done digitally, coloring in certain areas. And then you can see on the right-hand side, that's the final painting. I mean, can you imagine if I tried to do this without a thumbnail? That painting is really big. It's 35 inches by 28 inches. And that type of backtracking is painful when you get to that scale. I mean, maybe if you make a smaller painting, it's not a big deal. But ultimately, the thumbnails, they take more time, but they make your life easier. You don't have to backtrack so much. So when I'm doing the final painting, I can think about, okay, how am I going to render this? What color tint of green can I use? I can get into the nitty gritty. Here, I'm resolving all those major compositional decisions. I have to think about it when I get to the big painting. And so it may feel like more work, but it's not. Thank you so much, Boris, for the super sticker. So much appreciate everybody's support. It all matters. I know people say, oh, well, it's just a little bit. No, you guys, it adds up. It's very, very important. I love this. W315 says, a sketchbook is a living thing growing and never perfect. Yep, it's an organism. It, this is some random page. Somebody was asking me how to package artwork, so I just drew this diagram. I mean, this is not that exciting, but it helps. Ginger says, I never know how much detail to put in thumbnails. Sometimes my thumbnails are smush, but I know what happened. I know what's happening. Yes, that's it. As long as you understand your thumbnail, that is the only thing that matters. Nothing. I mean, a lot of people would look at my thumbnails. I have more here. All right. This is from the dry point video. Maybe some of you saw that. A lot of people might look at this and say, what? What is that? <laughs> I have no idea. To me, I'm like, oh, it's Ginger. I know that. And you know something, the thumbnails, you don't show these to other people. I mean, sure, it's fine to share, but you don't have to bring these thumbnails to somebody and say, do you understand it? The only circumstance where you do need to do that, though, is if you are working with an art director. Let's say you're doing editorial illustration for a newspaper and the art director has something in mind. Yes, then they do need to be decipherable, but they still don't need to be detailed. So whatever amount of detail you think you should be putting in, no. It's, it's a waste of time for me to go in and render this. I know I'm going to do it later. How does me rendering this 
to full out details help? It doesn't. Let's go to mistake number two, which is not drawing a literal rectangle. Because what I see a lot, we are playing charades <laughs> with my family. People will say, this is a drawing of Columbo. <laughs> watching TV with my niece since we were sketching from the show. Older folks will know what I'm talking about. I see this a lot. People just draw, which is fine. Do that anytime you want, but not for thumbnails. Not when you're trying to figure out the composition. So we have this drawing here and people will do it and they'll say, okay, it's not very detailed. It's a little bit big, but they'll say, oh, I did everything. Like, no, there's no border. <laughs> Like, you can't have a thumbnail if you don't draw literal borders because there's no border. Like, I don't know if his head is to the left. I don't know if it's in the middle. I don't know if it's at the bottom. So if I take my marker, I don't think this is a good way to make a thumbnail, by the way. I'm just demonstrating how I want to do that. Once I have a border, it's like, wow, now that is a composition because now I know, oh, his head is all the way to the left and there's all this background. I could have framed it another way, but especially when you crop things, this is very important. He's got his hand down here. Let me just draw that a little bit better. Okay, so, gosh looks like a bear paw. Anyway, this is a hand. And does everybody see it's cropped? And so if you don't have a border, you don't know where things are cropped. I had a drawing colleague at the School Museum of Fine Arts, Bill Flynn. And he said the fifth mark is the first mark. You know why? One, two, three, four, five. So you literally have to think about the rectangle is a mark. It participates in the composition. And you can do it any number of ways, but you have to be conscious of this because look at these. These are two color sketches I did. And I'm trying to figure out, okay, where's the green, where's the orange? But look at how critical these borders are. Okay, time to confess. <laughs> how many people get in some type of border at any point? I think it's better at the beginning, but it's better than nothing. How many people never do? literal thumbnails and how many people do it once in a while because this is such a big mistake that people make oftentimes what i'll see this happened all the time when i was teaching that people would do this they would take a sheet of paper and they say oh okay i need to do the border let's do this so a lot of people would say oh i've got four compositions one two three four five six six. 
And then what a lot of people do is they go in and they start sketching. And, and I actually am sketching something. <laughs> like This is how I do my thumbnails. Okay, there's one thumbnail. Let's try another one. See, you don't understand what I'm doing, right? I don't think you do, but I do. And that's the only thing that matters. I actually, sorry, I can't show you these references because uh, they're from a special place. <laughs> Okay, see this grid? You can't see the border wall. It's because this composition, it like melts into the other one. And so you're not clear. You're not clearly seeing where are the edges. If you look at these sketches. Here, okay. All right, look at this. These borders set apart show this is a composition, this is a composition. Same thing over here. That's one, that's one. You see them separately. You have to keep that differentiated. Otherwise, it's very hard to keep track of things. Seven Angelic says, I didn't realize before, but the rectangle is so helpful to understand the proportion of the page that's going on. Yeah. And you can change it. You can go in and say to yourself, you know what? I want more space down here. This is the initial rectangle, but I'm actually going to extend it like that. Maybe because I want the heart to be continuous. And then you can go back in and let's say color in the rest. All right, so that was the initial cropping, but I changed my mind and I actually find myself redrawing the border a lot because I just want to make it really clear. That's a composition. This is not. <laughs> this is a random drawing that I did of Eric debate. Those borders are incredibly important. Kathy says, I did do a lot of thumbnails for one piece. I really wanted to be good. It helped me to find a layout that just clicked, but the piece ended up with other weaknesses. But the thing is, you could deal with those things separately. I think what happens in the final piece is people have to deal with too many things at once. You're thinking about, oh, is this the right red? But at the same time, you're thinking, oh, well, should I put it in the left or the right? Like that is not something I want to deal with. I want to just think about the color. Mixing colors enough. I don't want to think about placement at the same time. I love this comparison. Susie says, Suzu, they are like a skeleton for the artist's imagination. Yeah, Lisa says, I often don't understand other people's thumbnails. I, do you guys even know what this is? I mean, who would look at this and say, oh, that's a person? Most people would not, <laughs> but I know it's a person 
That's the only thing that matters. Raven is asking, if your scene is complicated, should your thumbnail be bigger or should it only include certain main things? Depends. Look at this, my favorite example. This is a thumbnail by Kat Pong, one of our teaching artists. That is her pencil sketch tiny. And this is a very complicated scene. It's an ink drawing of a library. And it has a crazy amount of detail. But you know something? Those details are not important in the thumbnail. What she's thinking about more is the essential structure of that space. The railing is very important. The big clock in the back. Also, these round shelves are very important. But the individual books and all the ribbons, the curtains, all that stuff is cosmetic. And I'm sure that Kat did more than one thumbnail. This is just a comparison. But I don't think bigger is better. I mean, my commission piece was huge. That's a tiny little thumbnail. And I do other thumbnails in between. But this is a complicated composition. So is this one. Look, we've got drapes, a ladder, a dude, text, two figures at the bottom. I mean, that's pretty complicated. But it's not that big. So this whole I want to draw bigger thumbnails, you guys, is not helping you. <laughs> Keep it simple. Does everybody see this? This is a dude. This is a ladder. Look at how dumb my ladder looks. <laughs> it is really stupid. But I know what's happening. And this is a complicated composition. And Manette says, these pages coming off the spiral in the sketchbook would give me so much anxiety. Oh my gosh. This sketchbook is such, look, it's like coming off. One of the covers came off. It's such a disaster. Let's look at some more. One, two, three, four, one, two. One of the reasons you want to do small thumbnails is because they're fast. Even this takes longer than this. This one I probably did in five minutes. And so it's speed. That's what you're really after with these thumbnails. You want to be able to pop these out. Next problem, mistake number three, not making a ton of thumbnails. I used to have a requirement when I taught at RISD, I'd say, okay, you guys need to make six thumbnail sketches. I'd have people come in and they'd have two. And I'm like, why didn't you make six? I required you to make six. And they would say to me, oh, well, I couldn't think of anything else. And I'm like, you can. It's not that difficult. Because if you do, let's say I just did these two. And I said, okay, that's enough. I, I know I want this one. People will say that to me. They'll say, well, I only did two because I liked my first one the best. The thing is, though, you haven't even given yourself a chance to see what else is out there. 
And that's a problem because think about this. What's the last major product that you guys had to buy? Maybe you bought a printer, maybe you got headphones. All right, I just bought these headphones, okay? Do you guys have any idea how many reviews I looked at? Like I read so many reviews because I wanted to see what was out there. It's like going on and being like, oh, I saw these headphones. I'm going to get those. I know these are the best. It's like, no, you don't. You only looked at one listing. <laughs> There's no way you know those are the best. And sure, maybe you do come back to the first one and decide, oh, that one was the best. But you know something? That's extremely rare. That almost never, I think that never happens to me. Some people, sure, that's fine, but it doesn't happen to me. I mean, the number of iterations, sorry. Let's see how many I did here. I don't even think this is all of them, but there's, actually, this is the first thumbnail. I didn't really finish it, but that was my first impulse. Oh, actually, I think I have another one. See, my thumbnails are everywhere. I don't know where anything is. Oh, here's more. Okay. Oh, there's a bunch here. Okay. See this? See this page? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I don't know where the other ones are, but there's more. All right. This is not a thumbnail, you guys. This is a painting study. This is when you picked your thumbnail and you do want to test your technique a little bit more. Look at this. See this? That is my thumbnail. <laughs> it's basically saying he's here, the text is there. That's what I was trying to do. That's it. It looks like one of those Playmobil people. <laughs> now here the text is at the top, upper right, and he's at the bottom. Here I added extra text. Here I added more text, but I made this text smaller. This is just the beginning. I think probably I'm doing four pages of these. And the reason I can do that is because I'm drawing Playmobil people. That That's why. <laughs> so this concept of stopping really early, and yeah, maybe you do do six. That's good. But six is not enough. I usually am doing probably at least 15 or 20 and obviously do what you want. This is from the woodcut tutorial. These are thumbnails of the billy goat and you can see they're very different. It's the exact same subject, but look, this billy goat is like really zoomed in. Okay. Here he's a little smaller and I put some sheep in the background. Like, see that? Who would look at this and say, oh, those are three sheep. No, you, you don't know. It's just these little blobs. It's just a placeholder. I'm just like, okay, there's three sheep back there. That's all I need to draw. I don't even have to give them legs. I didn't even give them a face, but I know they're sheep. Now in this one, you can see there's cropping up here. The billy goat's butt is being cropped. Now this one... There's a vertical composition that is very different. And actually I had drawn it a little bit bigger 
But then I decided I wanted to zoom in more. So I cropped those edges and I just colored that in so I could see the image really clearly. And so if you do two thumbnails and you say, oh, I did enough, it means you're not thinking. You're not exploring options. And the thing is, a lot of people will say to me, oh, well, I know that won't work. I'm not going to do that. I'm like, do you really know? You don't. Because sometimes in my head, I'm like, oh, I got a great composition idea. I got to do that. And then I put it on the paper. I'm like, eh, it doesn't look that good. <laughs> and other times, I think of something in my head. I'm like, that's dumb. And then I draw it and I go, oh, actually, that's not bad. Put it on paper. Don't delete stuff in your head. It does not take that long to do a five-minute sketch to explore that option. Because you just don't know until you've actually tried. So this idea of stopping so soon is not a good idea. I mean, these are more value sketches. I had done a whole bunch earlier. I feel like there might be more in here. Oh gosh, these are from such a long time. This is from like 2012. <laughs> Can you believe that? Okay, here. That's the thumbnail. You see this piece of crap? <laughs> it's a person. And you see, I'm going to make this darker. I did draw a border. And so these elbows, which I had drawn earlier, they're cropped. That's a compositional decision. Okay, this is not a thumbnail. This is a random figure. And it's fine to do that. You have to do that. In fact, that's what this page is. I'm just drawing green fairies and I'm trying out different poses. This is Zidler on the ladder. He's holding a bottle. And some of these thumbnails, I just knew, ugh, I don't like that. This is, again, just me drawing. So there's nothing wrong with that. But it's this idea that with composition, you don't want to leave any stone unturned. That's the problem. That people go and they say, oh, I saw this, I'm done. Like, Would you go to Florence in Italy? and see one monument and say, oh, well, I know that's my favorite one. I don't need to see anything else. It's like, really? <laughs> it's not that hard to walk down the street and see another monument. Same thing with this. It's not that hard to do a five minute sketch where you can explore something. <clears throat> yeah, th this is covering all your bases. So Anna's explaining, I like doing big thumbnails and smaller thumbnails. Do both. Don't just do one. Like when people are so rigid in their thinking, like I don't think it's good to say, oh, that's all I'm going to do. I'm only going to do these little ones and then boom, we get to the final. No way. <laughs> that is not going to happen. Smaller ones can be useful for details. Bigger ones can be useful for figuring out complex composition and placements. Yeah. So this sketch, I don't really think this is a thumbnail, the one on the left. That's about letter size, eight and a half by 11. That's much bigger. That's a lot more involved. And I needed to do that because I cannot make the leap from a tiny sketch. Like I can't do this and then go into the painting. It's not enough. I have to test things out a lot more. And I think really what Kat is showing you here 
is step one to step 50. I'm sure there were countless other sketches that she was working with. So the thing that I want to explain is that thumbnail sketches have to be diverse and they have to <clears throat> cover all kinds of different elements. This is our guide to thumbnail sketches. We have a three minute version and an 80 minute version. And this is a step-by-step -step demo with me and Kat. And we have a lot of examples here from various artists. Things like this one by Jordan. You can see here Jordan is doing color studies. These are very involved, but it's because he spent a lot of time figuring out that scene and then he was able to start working on color. And we have many examples here, so you can all click on this gallery. And I think what's really helpful about thumbnails is to look at a lot of thumbnails. I don't think a lot of people do that. I think a lot of people will learn what a thumbnail is and, and sure, very important. But until you see somebody's thumbnails and you see the range, it's extremely helpful. Yes. Raven says, is there a difference between thumbnails, value studies, and color studies in terms of details? Well, actually, <laughs> this is perfect. That jumps to thumbnail number five, mistake number five. We'll go back to number four, which is skipping value and color sketches. Now, if Kat went from that tiny pencil drawing all the way to the final ink piece, that's not a good move. I mean, Kat's piece is not in color, but the color stuff is extremely important to figure out. For example, this is not a good thumbnail, but let's say I get to this stage. I want to know what's the color scheme. I mean, if you do a black and white pencil sketch, and you go into the painting, you haven't made any decisions about color. I think sometimes people underestimate the importance of working out a color scheme. That is so important because I find when people don't have a color scheme, oftentimes the painting ends up looking like a rainbow, like it just has every single color. This is a sketch where I said, okay, I want it to be black and I want it to be red and that's it. Seeing this, seeing the black and the red interact and me playing around with it, this is what makes me say, you know what? I, I don't really like that. I really feel like it needs another color. So if I go in, let's pretend I actually had drawn a literal rectangle. Because I think a color sketch really is okay at this scale because you need to see all those changes. And let's say you decide, okay, I, I actually want to add some green back here. Once I add that green, 
into the background. It's a totally different piece. Not even remotely the same. Another thing, you might do the screen and in your head, you're like, oh, it's a great idea. And then you do it, you're like, eh, no, no, no. Actually, I think blue would look better. So this is the type of thing, you got to figure this out. And again, I mean, how long does that take me? Five minutes to figure it out. And I could say, you know, I don't like the green. Actually, I would like to have some purple up here at the top. And maybe I want the bottom to be a little bit more yellow. So let's make that a lot brighter. This is a color sketch. This is exploring the color scheme. Like the composition, you can't make these decisions on a big scale or even a medium-sized piece. It's too many things. Like you have to break up the process of making a piece so that it actually is digestible. If I'm throwing a million things all at once, I got to think, oh, well, I'm drawing this shape, I'm drawing an apple, okay? And I go in and I'm like, well, here's the apple. And maybe your first impulse is, oh, make it red. But then you realize, you know what? There's many different colors of apples. There are green apples. And then you can say, well, do I want the apple to have a leaf? Maybe the leaf is pointing down. Maybe there's more like that. Does everybody see these two apples are very different? <laughs> like if I make them green or I make them red, I mean, that's a major compositional and color decision. You have to have that planned in advance so you don't go crazy trying to handle too many things at once. So a lot of this prep work, I know people look at it as, quote, more work. And it is, but you're streamlining things. You're, you're becoming prepared. You're getting all your ducks in a row so you don't have to go scrambling to find ducks when you're working on your final piece. Yeah, Manette says, I fall into the trap of using every color before, especially when I get new paints that I just have to try it. Well, that is when you just have some playtime, because I do this all the time, where I will oftentimes, I mean, this whole page is just me testing marker colors, because I can oftentimes not tell, or this page. These are just little swatches of acrylic ink. And then I used those to do this. Okay, so this is a color study. And then I have the swatches of color over there. Okay, here's another thumbnail. I did this one on site, actually. This is another color thumbnail. Because I wanted to see, okay, how is the red and the green interacting? And actually, these are the first thumbnails I did for the commission. Totally different. Does everybody see how gigantic the text was in the beginning? And then I just started making the text smaller, became vertical, 
And you guys, if you compare this at the bottom to this, oh my gosh, the composition on the right is so different. You need that time to figure things out. Here again, like Manette said, testing out colors. This is a separate exercise. This is not really that related to the thumbnails. It's important, but it is definitely not everything. Now let's look at some examples. So you'll see on this page, we have things organized by line sketches. You looked at those. Okay, so here's some value sketches. So this is the next step after you've done some line work. You go in and you start determining what is the value range? What parts of the composition are very dark? Like these are these cookies that I drew by the bread fairy. And you can see me testing things out. And this upper one, that's the one I eventually went with. Does everybody see you can get a sense of the light? You can see that this cookie has a shadow. This one has a shadow. Now this thumbnail in the lower left, this one has no value. It's all line. And for me to go from this thumbnail, the line sketch to the final drawing is too much. So I did this one and I did these other value studies. And then out of the value studies I liked, I picked one to work on a little bit more. These are really, really helpful because the value range that you want to have, it changes. Like this is a drawing that is a landscape <clears throat> and you can see the way the value is applied is more textural. This one is more subtle. It's more atmospheric, the way the value has been presented. This one's very graphic, so different stylistically. So even at this earlier stage, you are trying to figure out stylistically what's going on. Now, this one's more involved. This one probably took way longer. But even something like this, saying to yourself, okay, that's a silhouette. You know, if you don't have that colored in, you're not going to know it's a silhouette. And then here are some color thumbnails. And you can do this. You don't have to do all the different colors. But you can see here whether the piece has a blue background versus a red background. Really, really big difference. And again, you can't know until you've actually tried it. Actually, this is a really fun technique that a lot of people do is you can take a drawing you've done and put a piece of tracing paper on top, color over it with, say, colored pencils, and then you get to see the image as you color, but you've got the color literally separate from the final piece. And it's kind of fun because you can take the tracing paper off the image, and then you'll see the color isolated just color, pure, straight color. You don't have any of the details to distract you. So here's one that has a warmer color scheme. This is more bluish. And you have to see the comparison because if you just do one and you say, oh, I like it. Okay, good. But then you do the second one and realize, oh, actually this one's better. 
I like the warm and cool contrast more. The comparison is very, very important. Look at how different these are. It's a different piece on the left than it is on the right. The left image is very muted. It feels very calm. Thumbnail number eight is super bright and saturated. Completely different sense of that. Here are some mushroom scenes. Look at how the colors of the mushroom caps change. This is another mushroom. This is probably from the mushroom workshop. This is a quick gouache sketch that Alex Rowe did. It's in our gouache tutorial. Guess what? This painting is probably three inches across, but it gets to the point about the color scheme. Do I want a blue scene? Do I want an orange scene? Or maybe I want a pinkish tint. So these are all done in gouache, but they're tiny. They're so small. One, two, three, four. That's where you're at. There's so many stages to making a piece. And the thing is, people will skip those steps because they'll say, oh, well, I'm so eager to get to the final. We all are. This is not something that's ever going to change for anybody. But when you spend this prep time, it's like, oh, it's so smooth. To me, it's like traveling. Do you want to go to Europe with a credit card and passport and just figure it out? Or do you want to plan stuff? Like maybe bring toothpaste, maybe bring an extra pair of clothes. Like who wants to go to a foreign country and just have the clothes that they're wearing? No, you're going to pack five shirts. You're going to pack some pants or something like that. This is preparing. <laughs> this is you packing your suitcase, not forgetting your contact lenses like I did when I was in Vancouver. <laughs> you want to be prepared. It's When you travel and you don't have something, it's like, oh, I have to go buy it. Big pain in the butt. Michael's asking, what's your voice as regards to your media, etc.? It depends. In some cases, people like pencil because it's just really simple and straightforward. And this is not a thumbnail, by the way. This is hot air to vape. I happen to like the marker because... It's just really blunt. Sometimes with pencil, I get a little wishy-washy and I don't make decisions. Here I'm saying green, blue. I can clearly understand that. And obviously I have some down here. This is just a line drawing. There's no value. There's no color, but it depends. I do think though that you should use in your bigger color study. So if you're doing something like this, figuring out the color, the final piece was done with acrylic inks. Okay. Don't do this in pencil. Like that doesn't make sense to me because this is basically the color studies, the bigger ones. These are the bridge to the final piece. And most people can't do this in marker and then leap to acrylic. And so this is a warm-up. It's a bridge. So I do recommend whatever you do your thumbnail sketches in for color, 
do it in the media that you're going to use eventually. I think that just makes more sense. It's a stronger composition. <clears throat> C Control asked, do you save all your sketchbooks? Oh, absolutely. I will never throw out my sketchbooks. I have sketchbooks from when I was five. And actually, we have a video on that. So if anybody wants to see <laughs> the video, you can look that up. So I really recommend, especially, and this is on our website, all the pages link to slideshows. So this is a whole slideshow about different types of thumbnails. And here we have another comparison. Okay, here's the sketch. Here's the pastel drawing. Pastel drawing is very detailed. It's not so much. And so we have so many examples of different types of compositions. We try to do a side-by-side. -side, so final drawing here, thumbnail here. And that's not to say things can't change when you get to the final drawing. They certainly do. You'll make those changes, but there are also changes that are probably cosmetic. I mean, if you want to like redo the composition, <laughs> that's probably not a great idea. But this is a really great slideshow because we just have so many examples of that comparison. Because unfortunately, a lot of people online don't show their thumbnails. I mean, tell me in the chat, out of all the artists that you follow online, from those artists, how many of them do show you their thumbnail sketches? Because I don't think it's common. I think it's something that doesn't really get addressed very much. And I know why. Because thumbnails are ugly. They're not that exciting. I mean, if you posted, for example, here are some thumbnails I did for a self-portrait. If I put this on social media, nobody would like it. <laughs> it's just not very interesting. But it absolutely is critical. And so the problem is a lot of artists online, they will hide this process. And I think that's a major detriment to young artists because there's a whole gigantic step of the process that people just don't see. It's just not there, which I think is a little bit ridiculous. All right, let's take a look at mistake number four. <gasps> which is not adjusting the cropping. This happens all the time where people will do this and they'll say, oh, I'm done. You're not. Do you know how easy it is for me to go in and just change the cropping? Because what you don't wanna do is to have to redraw this again you can just see what it looks like recropped. Like if I want to say to myself, okay, actually I want more of the dress. Let's pull that out a little more. And maybe I'll add, this is her dress down here. Just add some folds. Okay, so let's recrop. 
make this taller composition. How long did that take to change it? Not very long. All right. You can do it the other way too. You say to yourself, you know what? I don't like her being so much in the center. So let's recrop here actually. And sometimes what I'll do is I'll just color this in, although this is kind of hard to read now, but it's like this is very different. Or what you could do is take a sheet of paper. I need a nice piece. Hang on. You could even collage this into your sketchbook because this is very hard to read now. So I could, for example, just take some strips of paper Okay, so now if I had glue with me, okay. does everybody see how different that is? Not the same composition. Or I could even go in more. I could say, you know what? I want to do that. I want to do that. And maybe that's my composition. So let's just pretend I glued these down. I would go in and I mean, that is so different than that. Here, this changes because half the composition is her body. The other half is the face. Now, if I put this back, her body is so small. The head is more prominent. And so these compositional changes are absolutely important. Because the thing about adjusting the cropping is just so easy. <laughs> And you just don't have to do very much work and you get to explore just so many different things. I actually have pages where I started thumbnails and never did it. <laughs> Look at this. I, I don't know. Actually, you know what this is? Okay. I'll explain what this is because you guys have no idea, but I do. <laughs> this is, I can't say the name, Angelos, Angelos from Les Mis. Guess who played? <laughs> He's in here. Aaron Tomate. <laughs> he plays a very hot French revolutionary. <laughs> I can't find him. He's in here. Here he is. Oh, wait. No, that's Sweeney Todd. That, Angelos. <laughs> Okay, I was like planning this Angel Ross figure composition, right? And so in my head, I was like, oh, this is him. Here, let's do the Playmobil characters. And, you know, I think I was going to have him holding something. I think like maybe this was a shotgun because he's a French revolutionary. Okay, so there's Angel Ross. And this was supposed to be the barricade. So if anybody knows Les Mis, who knows Les Mis? I grew up with Les Mis. When I was in the seventh grade, I, I was so obsessed with it. I loved Eponine. And I was so mad at Marius because he didn't like Eponine. He went with stupid Cosette. <laughs> okay, so the barricade is all these pieces of like furniture like this. So it's like chairs and tables and things like that. Okay. And you know what this is? This is the French flag. <laughs> I was going to put the red flag here 
like that. And then let's draw a border. That's a little bit easier to see. So isn't that amazing that I had like nothing there, but I knew what it was. It goes to show you the thumbnails are for you. They're not for anybody else. Thank you so much, J. King, for the super chat. I'm on vacation in Italy right now. And oh my God, there's so much amazing art here. Oh, you're making me so jealous. <laughs> you're always making me jealous with air to Italy. <laughs> I mean, I'm not complaining. I got to live in Italy for many months when I was studying abroad at RISD. <laughs> Keep those super chats coming, everybody. They're incredibly helpful to us. We're still at a point where we need the support. Absolutely. And we have a question here, comment rather, from Amanda, who says, I use digital media to help with color schemes so much faster. I don't have to redraw much of my image, Yeah, especially for color thumbnails. So let me show everybody. I think some of you probably saw the Yvette Gonzalez Nasir piece. Okay. This is the final painting. Okay. But the digital sketch was like this. Does everybody see that difference? So what I just did is I took a photo of the painted part of my painting and then I just digitally drew all the lines for the background because I wanted to know that around the heart was going to be like a dark value. And if I hadn't done that, there's no way I would have arrived at this as the final composition. And so absolutely, digital media, huge help for all of this. And it's gotten to the point now where I've done so many thumbnails with digital media that I'm actually really thinking about getting an iPad because I think it would really help me. Like I did enough digital sketches. This image is digital. On the left-hand side, you'll see that I did a marker drawing and then I put it into Photoshop and added the color. So all the lime green color that you're seeing in the fairy that was all added digitally and it's a huge time saver i'll let you know if i get an ipad i bet you anything there's going to be quite a big difference oh thanks nico <laughs> just to show you what i know the lines are vertical. It's so dumb. Anyway, I'll have to make that revision before I do the final painting. Trust me, I would have done the research, but thank you. <laughs> oh, I like this. So M. Torty says, I also write what feelings I want to convey color ideas. Now, does everybody see how dark this thumbnail is? Initially, I had the background as black. I wanted to do some dramatic 
chiaroscuro work. And you can see I did the exact same thing here. But if you go in and you look at the final painting, see, even at the marker sketch on the left, I had planned on black. It was like that for a while. But then eventually you can see in the composition on the right, that's the final painting. Actually, a lot of the background turned green because I wanted to have a little more atmosphere, a little more depth. I felt like the black was a little bit too shallow and I wanted to have a lot of bleeds back there. And so that's an example where if I hadn't seen the thumbnail to tell me, oh, that's too dark. I want more space. I never would have added that difference. Thank you, Anna, for the super chat. Everybody, you're so wonderful to give us the support. And this is a good point from Lisa. Viewfinder method works better for me. Two sets of crop lines messes with my head. So let me show everybody what that is. It is nice to use a slightly thicker piece of paper when doing this. And, you know, you can even go and buy a pre-cut mat. Also works really well. But in a pinch, let's try this. Don't buy viewfinders. <laughs> they sell them in the art store. Buy your viewfinder. I'm like, dude, just cut a piece of paper. This is uh, not that necessary. Okay. Let's find an image we could put this okay so this one's probably good you can take this oh maybe that's too big let me make a smaller one Let's make one more like this i mean the other thing too that i've seen people do is people will do this so you actually end up with two l shapes and while this is helpful you can see it's not very flexible so if i take this i can take this and say okay i want it more zoomed in or maybe i want it really zoomed in maybe i'm even cropping the face or no, actually, I want it to be like that. So maybe it's cropping the top of the head and then more of the neck. There's a lot of ways you can figure out composition. And I think the key thing that a lot of people do is they don't explore enough options. That is the biggest problem. Mistake number six, thumbnails are too similar. This is something I used to see all the time. And it's to the point where I would say, okay, everybody, I want six thumbnail sketches. And people would come in with six thumbnail sketches. They all looked exactly the same. And I was like, what, what's the point of that? Like, why did you, you may as well just have brought in one thumbnail. That really would have just been enough. And so if you find yourself drawing thumbnails, and they're just a little bit different, that's not enough. You need to have thumbnails that really are exploring a completely different compositional idea. 
And we have that in the slideshow. Oh, this is a better image. Okay. So sometimes what people will do is they'll have a viewfinder on the setup and move it around. So that's the literal viewfinder. And then you can go in and do a lot more of these. I do have a page that represents thumbnails that are too similar. So what I'll see a lot is people will change like one thing or they'll move something like a millimeter to the left, which is really not very helpful. Okay, I can't find the slide. But anyway, I think you all know what I'm talking about. I really want to show the slide. Oh, here we go. I see this all the time. I mean, they're just so similar. And people are like, oh, well, I changed this in the drape. Oh, in this thumbnail, the persimmon is not cropped. Here it's cropped. It's like it's so much the same. So you're not really exploring things. And sometimes what I do is I will actually, on purpose, do the complete extreme. Let's go in and try that on Angel Ross. I can't say it. Who here is French? <laughs> Could you come on the stream and just like say it for me? <laughs> okay, let's do it on her. And actually, this time I'm going to cut it a lot bigger. Let's just do this. I should have done this to begin with. I have two L's. So yeah, I'd recommend the L's. I think it's way more flexible. Do something that you think is so extreme, you're not going to do it. But it's it's comparison. It's saying, okay, this against this. Okay, so we could say, all right, we'll do that as a composition. But then let's zoom way in. Like that. This is just a piece of her face. And actually, no, I like this more <laughs> because here it's just a standard portrait. It's not really that exciting from a composition point of view. Or what if I did this? I just take away the eyes, which seems ridiculous because it's a portrait. But isn't that different? This is a different compositional idea than this. That is enough of a contrast for you to really see that difference. I love the conversation that's happening in here. And McM says, what are the writings and stuff that do in the sketchbook with the thumbnails? Oh my gosh, <laughs> I have so many. You know, sometimes here, Okay, so this is the thumbnail. Actually, I never finished this one, but this is a list of all the items I was trying to fix. So I need a bottle, I have glasses, I have Zidler on the ladder, I have windows that I want to be green, and I have text that is red. And sometimes this helps me because I can say, okay, this is almost my checklist. These are the things I want to add to the composition. Now let's see if I can do it. And if we look at these other ones, all right, does everybody see these little squares? 
this is just me <laughs> reminding myself, by the way, these are glasses, don't forget. And then here it says back view, because again, I might not remember and the drawing is too crappy. And so this just helps as reminders. And sometimes it's notes on what I wanna fix. So maybe I drew the Lamore and I decide I don't wanna do that. So here I'm saying, okay, I wanna move it down. And I want to add loft windows here. I just find the more things that are on paper, the better. In your head does not matter. Larange says, what medium do you recommend using if you want to paint your final piece in oils? I think marker is a great solution because Lauren Welch got me stuck on markers because she said that she's doing these very big acrylic paintings, right? But the marker is a way to get color in there and it's not messy. For example, I would not want to put soft pastel in here, my sketchbook, and colored pencil slow. It just takes longer. You can see back here, let's add some color, maybe to the Sweeney Todd image. Okay. If I decide, let's say that is my cropping, let's just make it more prominent. And I decide later on, oh, actually, I do want the dress to have more color. Look at how fast this is. I mean, that just took a few minutes. So marker for me, it's a color medium. It's fast, it's neat, and it can work very well because you're right. I, you don't want to do your thumbnails in oil paint. That's not going to work. Oh, interesting. Anna had the opposite experience. What I find with my students, not having a color scheme leads to monochromatic or very muddy paintings, not rainbow. Yeah, it's, it's one or the other. I mean, it depends on the student. But I think the main thing is that you end up just going randomly with color. You're not making decisions. This is a decision. I said, I want it to be orange. I didn't just start painting and go, hmm, what should I add? Well, maybe let's add orange. And then you don't know how that's going to affect other things. Like, what if you say to yourself, you know, I don't like the orange. Let's make it brown. And now you can test it out or you can do this digitally. Digitally is pretty help, helpful too. Actually, I can't really see what's going on now. So let's just redraw her outfit. So that's a little more clear. So I've changed this already many times and now I'm gonna say, oh, well, she looks like a ghost. So actually, I'm going to add some color into the hair. Thank you so much, Kathy. So appreciate your support, everybody. You're all amazing. Thank you as well. M. Torty, you guys are making my day. Such a big difference for us. 
Katerina says, do you use watercolor markers? Well, these are water soluble. I could go in with water, but it's just too messy for me. Maybe if it works for you, it would be fine. But I just find watercolor, anything that's wet and flowy is sort of hard to work with on a thumbnail, unless you're doing like a watercolor study, like you're, you're going to make it watercolor, the final piece, and you're going to do watercolor now um, as a test run. That's really what those color studies are, is to see if that's the right thing. And then maybe you go back and you say to yourself, oh, wait, actually, I don't want to do watercolor. This is the wrong painting technique. I want to actually go in and do acrylic. And so all of this stuff, it's all a test run. Will this work? Because you want to catch those problems early. The earlier you make these compositional decisions, the easier your life will be. The, the later you put these off, the more difficult things are. Make staying home sick fun. Well, I'm glad I could take a damper off of that. Reminder, everybody, we are doing registration for September workshops. Registration is due this Friday. We are offering Selling Your Art, Underwater Creatures and Scenes, Expressive Figure Drawing, and also Food Illustration. Join me in the Discord. We will have a chat in post live streams. Hope to see you all there. Our Patreon group is so awesome. I can tell you I get just as much out of the Patreon group as everybody else does because you get to share your art in weekly voice sessions, rant and rave about something. Support and critiques from me that are like these mini essays. I'm a big nerd. I like writing these. Find support in a small group of artists. Art Prof has services, artist calls, portfolio critiques, statement editing, personal art curriculums, and you can sponsor a video to help us create content for our community. Everybody, thank you so much for watching. I'll see you next time. Bye.